Creating Us podcast hosted by the Office of Leader and Culture Development. My name is Jason Weber, your host, and I'm excited for you to be here today as we continue on our journey exploring the simple truths of leadership. So this week, we're going to talk simple truth number 10. And simple truth number 10 is titled, Effective Servant Leaders Don't Just Use Different Strokes for Different Folks, They also use different strokes for the same folks. So this is an add-on from Simple Truth Number 9, where Blanchard talks about effective servant leaders realize they have to use different strokes for different folks. In the essence of that lesson, we talked about each of our team members deserve and need different approaches to how we lead them. They're going to come in with different confidence levels different experience, and they're going to need something different dependent on what the task at hand is. Now, this lesson builds on that because what we're highlighting and identifying here is that as leaders, even with those individuals, we will need to use different styles of how we lead. So, for example, if I have an employee who has been with me for a number of years and we've established a good relationship, the one thing that we want to call out with this is that depending on the task or the project or initiative, that we are going to have to recognize and identify that our ability to lead them is going to look a little bit different. I would even go to the point of saying it's going to look different every single day. If we bring in some personal elements of it, we all we we all have bad days. And there are times where I just might not be in the mood. I may not be in a good mood for dealing with maybe some of the frustrations that we interact with. Well, as a leader, I can take more of a legalistic approach and be firm and direct. Or I can acknowledge, you know, you're not really having a good day. So tell you what, I'll cut you some slack on this one, but get with it, right? We know, we can recognize, we can identify. And it kind of goes back to the reason why we want to establish working relationships with our team. We know and and understand that, again, there are going to be projects that frustrate people. There are going to be projects that are new. And there are going to be experiences that may frustrate or be new for people. You know, if you're customer focused, how do you respond when you have a difficult customer or a difficult patient? You know, everyone we come into contact with is going to impact or influence us in some kind of a way. And as leaders, when we recognize that our teams may be struggling with how they're approaching an individual or a situation, that's an opportunity for us as leaders to leverage our toolkit, so to speak, of different styles of leadership. Now, there's an interesting quote or statement that Blanchard makes when he says, servant leaders realize that leadership is not something you do to people. It is something you do with them. And I think, you know, this for me really goes back and it resonates with Greenleaf's best test. 
And if you remember, the the best test, the first element of it is, do those served grow as persons? And I think that question alone is one for us to really sit and reflect on. We know that each individual is unique. They bring a certain skill set. They bring a certain approach to work. We all have strengths. We all have areas for development. So as a leader, do those we serve, do those that we lead, do those we interact with grow as persons? Do they become more autonomous? Do they become healthier, wiser, freer? And I think when we look at those dynamics, what we're getting at is independence. Do they develop a confidence that consistency brings? Do they develop an ability to trust themselves, rely on their intuition and decision-making process? And that is only done when we partner with, when we build relationships with our people. So I want to call out this point and that servant leaders realize that leadership is not something you do to people. It's something you do with them. Again, this is highlighting the value and the need for us to be able to partner with those in our care. Okay, so what do we do with this? Well, they give us a few different options in the simple truth. The first one is lay out and agree on goals with your people. So we're talking about our expectations. What is it that we need to do? What are the behaviors that we stand for? I'm going to bring in some of Lencioni's work out of his book, The Advantage, when he gives us these six essential questions. The first one being, why do we exist? The second one is, how do we behave? What are the behaviors that we expect of each other? And what are the behaviors we believe will help us continue moving forward. To finish those six questions, the third one is, what do we do? This really is the easiest one because this is how we operationalize our understanding. So what is it exactly that we do? Number four is, how will we succeed? Number five is, what's most important right now? And number six is who must do what? Another question that feeds into this first point, lay out and agree on the goals with your people, with your team. Make sure that your team is clear on what's expected of them. Now, the second point, not included on the flyer or the handout that we have for this week, but is teach them the SL2 model. Again, the the situational leadership two model is a great model, but Instead of worrying about you need to be able to teach them each element, each component, I would encourage that we focus on ensuring that we partner with our team members so that we can lead them in a manner that is most effective for them. And then the third point of the simple truth is determine with each person what their development level is on each of their goals. What are they confident in? What do they believe that they are effective in? What are the areas where they may need additional development, where they might be stuck? How can we bring collaboration into this? Maybe there's uh, an employee or a coworker that has significant experience in this area. 
Could we potentially partner them for a period of time to ensure that those skills are being passed on? And again, when we, when we talk about this idea of partnership, I want to highlight the importance of collaboration here. Because if, if we truly acknowledge and recognize that we are going to use different strokes for different folks, and what we're saying is that we are acknowledging and we are respecting the different viewpoints that we all bring. So if we were going to talk about our goals and the areas where our team members need to grow in, then the resource that we have right in front of us is that of collaboration. Is how can we build our team through the experience and the skill set that our peers bring? So as you're thinking about this simple truth for this week, I want to encourage you. How can you create a space where leadership is something that you do with your team, where you can lay out and agree on your goals, and you can determine what development need is for each of your employees. If we, if we go back to that process of how do we do that, take just a couple minutes and say, what are your, what's on your to-do list for this week? What goals do you have? Do you feel comfortable with how you're going to get them? Do you anticipate any problems or any needs? Is there anything that I can do to provide value or support? Engage in that conversation. Play with those words and those questions. But the premise behind this is we want to lay out and agree on goals, and we want to determine what each team member needs so that if we go back to Greenleaf, do those served grow as persons? So, in summary, we know that this week, that effective servant leaders don't just use different strokes for different folks, they also use different strokes for the same folks. I want to thank you for taking the time to engage with this current episode. If you have any questions or comments, please shoot me an email, jason.weber at ttu.edu. Until next time, take care.